Hey, my name is Bill. And my name is Danny. And we are a, a couple, couple of Park, park hoppers. hoppers. There are lots of hot button topics constantly being discussed amongst the Disney Parks faithful. We came up with eight topics we often see stirring the pot. And we're going to give our honest thoughts in rapid fire format right now. Let's hop to it. I don't even know what to say. You really surprised <laughs> she, me with she that was, one. She was uh, at a loss for words. <laughs> I, and actually, I thought that we were going to have words pop in. With our very hot topic episode, I decided that I was going to drop this one like it was hot. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sorry for that joke. Uh, that was really white of me. Well, it's funny that you say that because <laughs> earlier at dinner, we were just discussing like the music that we used to listen to back in the day. Yeah. Like, and how as kids, there was just all of the music and yeah. we were going to drop it like it's hot when we were like children. Exactly. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what we thought we were doing, but I know what we're doing tonight. Yes. And that is discussing some very hot button topics. There are so many things constantly being discussed around like Disney Twitter, Disney Facebook groups, all that. There's so many hot button topics constantly being debated. We've been kind of perusing and looking for eight that kind of stood out to us and ones that we could think of um, that we wanted to discuss in this sort of rapid fire format. So we're going to give about five minutes for each topic. If we run a little over, it is what it is, but we're going to try to keep it to about five minutes, move on to the next topic and try to fit as many of these uh, hot button topics into this episode as we can. And we actually cut it down to about half of what we had yeah, we come came up, up with. We came up with about 15 and we cut it down to eight just so you guys would not have to listen to us. A two hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> but also, uh, you know, if, if this is an episode that, you know, we like doing, we can always find more things because... I don't know about you, but I find that Disney social media yeah. and theme park social media in general tends to always have something to say. Yes, and it's a little aggressive at times. So I will say that uh, before we get into this, that there is definitely a different tone when it comes to Facebook and then when it comes to Twitter. Yes. I find Facebook to be kind of like a mixed bag sometimes you'll have something really like uplifting and you know people will be really kind or you'll have somebody ask a question that's been asked six jillion times and they get dragged for it <laughs> people just jump on them or you get people who are like oh i feel like this um i'm gonna announce my departure it's it's not an airline yeah. <laughs> but you don't need to announce your departure yeah uh, whereas Twitter, I find, can be very helpful or can be harshly toxic. Sure. And uh, that's how I kind of view it. There's, I find there's the lots of gatekeeping going on. Yes. I, I personally... Looking at you, Epcot purists. Yeah. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I honestly can spend more time on the Facebook groups because sometimes there's at least a twist of humor excuse me, humor. I don't pronounce my H's very well. Um, whereas Twitter can sometimes just be downright like disheartening. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's it's a great source of information. But how do you feel about it? 
Um, I'm on it all the time. I'm always monitoring our social medias, and it does get icky sometimes. But I do like joining in dis- into discussions. And if you guys hear anything on tonight's show that you agree with or disagree with, definitely reach out to us on our Facebook or Twitter pages uh, at Park Hoppers Show on both, and uh, let us know what you think of our opinions on these hot button topics tonight. But what do you think? What do you think? We should get started. I think we should get started. All right. So this is a fun little thing that we're going to do here. Um, to kick off the the list here that we have for the the show here, we're going to have a little bit of a, a fun little voice modulation uh, in between Ooh. in between each of the topics. And so, with that said, our first topic is going to be children on shoulders. So, children on shoulders. First off, this is one of the most hot button topics we see when it comes yeah. up, and. I think that it's amazing that there are actually two sides to this argument. So first off, uh, in my humble opinion, if you listen to our episode where we created our perfect theme park, you may have heard me say that you should get fined for putting children on your shoulders. (laughs) Kicked out. Go to jail. That's aggressive. (laughs) The reason is because anytime you go to a fireworks show or even just a show where you need to be able to see in front of you, maybe you're not sitting down, you have the potential with, you know, 10 seconds before the show starts, some jerk put their kid on their shoulders. And sometimes it's not even a kid, like a small kid. Sometimes it's like almost like a full grown adult, it looks like. And they transform like transformers yeah. into a 10 foot person. Sure. And all of a sudden, not only have they ruined the view of everyone behind them, like directly behind them, but anybody else, but like past that person, but the person directly behind them is just like straight In- up blocked. Yeah. It impedes their view. Um, I can see both sides of this, but I do lean one particular way. Okay. I understand the fact that you're you're a parent, you're trying to make a really cool, magical moment for your child. You want to make sure that they have the best view. Um, you, you're trying to make sure that they don't miss a thing when it comes to the fireworks or anything that they're watching uh, while you're standing in a crowd of people because they're little people. They're like two, three feet tall. They're, they cannot see over standing humans or right. standing adults for that matter. Um, that is the only part of that that I understand. When I when I think about this topic though, it makes me lean the other way because those parents, in my opinion, are being a little selfish. They are making sure that their kid gets the best experience while not caring about everybody else around them. Everyone else be damned. Exactly. So here's my solution to this: Don't put your kid on your shoulders. And I understand they're heavy. Some kids are not small like it is what it is well and not even like weight wise just like they are growing and holding a you know 70 pound human is not every kid we're talking about here is one or two we're talking like six seven eight sometimes right and holding a child for 20 minutes or something that's hard on the muscles exactly so here's my solution there are comfortable ways to hold your child that are not on sitting on your shoulders it is ignorant to Put the child on your shoulder for 20 minutes in the way, like Danny was saying, in the way of people who have been literally waiting there for hours. And then 10 seconds before the show, your your vision just gets completely impaired. Here's the solution. You hold your kid, you know, on your side so his or her head is level with your head. With other adults. 
with other adults, even just your head. That's all I'm asking for is your head. If you're a six foot eight guy, then there's nothing we can do about it. Don't stand behind him. You know, but hold your kid at head level with you so it's as fair as possible for the others around you to experience the entertainment that they've been waiting to see. So I totally agree with you. My biggest issue is the argument that a lot of people have on these Facebook groups. And it's that I'm not going to ruin my child's experience by not putting them on my shoulders. Like I'm not going to allow anybody to tell me that I can't give my child the best experience. And my issue with that is that one, they're not doing what you're saying Two, that if we could, you know, uh, what is it called? Like when, people are one on top of each other like um on a totem pole if we could totem pole people yeah if i could put two kids on my shoulders and conveniently block you all of a sudden you're going to be very against that it's just because nobody has the ability to actually block your child at that point so you're taking advantage of it and the other thing is just that they're not just blocking like adults they're also blocking other kids right so the it's it's just very selfish and unfortunately it happens all too often. I think it's absolutely terrible. I will probably from here on out, if anybody ever does that again, at least say something because there's nothing like waiting for hours and then all of a sudden having somebody yeah. do that. Uh, and I'm I'm totally against it. If you want your kid to have a good view, then get there earlier. That, that's the other thing. Not if even you, get there earlier, but just be more cognizant of the surroundings. Like, if you want to put your kid on your shoulder so desperately, then move to the back somewhere where there's not going to be anybody behind you. But let's be real. We've gone to castle shows pre-COVID where people were in the first row with kids on their shoulders. Sure, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's literally nobody be in front of, of you. Be aware of your surroundings. You're not the only person there. But that person, like, literally wanted their kid on the stage. But what I'm saying right. is, if you have a particular view that you need your child to have, then get there at a time where you can secure that view. So, again, in case you can't tell, we are anti-kids on shoulders. <laughs> you know, Overall. Yeah, don't, don't, be, don't be mean to other people. There's already enough we have to deal with in life. Don't block people's view of the fireworks. That's right. just mean. And if you politely ask somebody to take their kid down off their shoulders, you know, they might bark back at you, and then that's just a, a, you know, a picture of who they are. Go get security. Well, <laughs> don't go that far. Um, but yes. Kids on shoulders, hot button topic. I don't think they should be uh, put on shoulders. Danny doesn't think they should be put on shoulders, but there is a solution. There are ways around it to give your kid the best experience. Be kind to others, Exactly. Basically. Let's move on to uh, topic number two. Disney enchantment. Oh, Nelly. This is going to be a good little discussion right here. Um, Danny, from the very beginning, has been very... I have been somewhat of a defender of Disney Enchantment. So I'm going to sort of do that now, but I do have reasoning why I dislike Disney Enchantment. So I I'm I'm going to talk about how I feel, but let's hear how you feel yeah. first cuz I'm going to just I'm going to let it all out today. So when we did our live stream when the first night of Disney Enchantment because we weren't able to go to the uh the media event that uh that was at Magic Kingdom uh when they when Disney live streamed the event ahead of its debut on October 1st. Um, we watched it live with you guys on YouTube, and I enjoyed what I saw. I liked, I sort of liked the music when it came on, and I really thought the projections had gotten way better and different lighting um, 
I'm not even sure what I'm trying to say. Lighting uh, spectacles, I guess, um, I thought had gotten better since Happily Ever After. So overall, from witnessing it on YouTube, hearing the audio clearly, that's the most important part. Hearing the audio clearly, I thought it was a pretty good show. Right away, (laughs) the entire Diz Twitter, Diz Facebook, whatever, was like, this is garbage. And I was like, that wasn't that bad. You guys are overreacting. Until... I saw it in person. It is really tough to hear that show in person. And the music does not hit. But the visuals are awesome. The visuals are amazing. Some of the things you get to see on the castle, the animation's really clear. The lasers are really cool. The lights, the spotlights, the fireworks, everything. The visuals are fantastic, but the music does not hit. So I have not dropped the honesty on this show. No, you haven't. That I feel about enchantment. Oh boy. So I'm going to drop it in the nicest way possible. So first off, to put it nicely, I think enchantment is the worst Disney show that we've had in the last 10 years. Whoa, hot take coming in. So the first time I saw it, when we watched it on a, on the live stream, I was like, oh, that's pretty. And we couldn't really hear the music. Like you said, then I saw it in person and I was like, why did I feel nothing? And if you haven't seen it, visit youtube.com slash a couple of park hoppers. And we did film it on October 1st, the night it debuted for the public. And it is on our YouTube channel. So my biggest issue is I find that although it's pretty and, you know, it's, it's nice that it's pretty. The projections look nice. They're very crisp. I don't think that Disney has put out a worse soundtrack ever, ever. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Follow- I feel like you need like fire crackling uh, in the background. How <laughs> dare you follow up happily ever after the best show that people were devastated. People booked trips to see it one last time. That's how good Happily Ever After was. That's how much people loved it. And you followed it up with Enchantment? That soundtrack is terrible. Oh my gosh. I mean, if there is one thing that doesn't get make me feel anything other than anger, it's this show. Oh my goodness. Like... Watching this show makes me irrationally angry that you thought, anybody thought, that this was good enough to be at Disney, let alone for the 50th anniversary. Shame on you. You should have at least tried, and you didn't. You didn't even try. And I don't know who allowed that music to go through as first off a first draft much less a final draft how dare you how dare you and not only that i'm hearing that you want to make this a permanent show are you kidding me are you kidding me i should get reimbursed for emotional damage just for hearing that Enchantment is terrible. Wow. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> I, I know that's been on your chest for a long time. And, you know, we always try to kind of keep you it know, toe the line, you know, with the, the controversial Ooh. stuff. But man, she was waiting to get that out for so long because I've heard that like 15 times already. Here's but the, the f- fact that we're recording it right now makes me so happy. I, guys, 
I love castle shows and it makes me irrationally angry that this is this is the castle show. Like yeah. fi- fix the music. Yeah, fix, it's not good. Fix the music. It is weak, weak, weak. So in case you couldn't tell, I'm not so hot about that. Bill doesn't feel quite as strongly about me, but the music is not good. I mean, flat out is not good. Um, there's way too many quiet spots in the song. It doesn't flow like happily ever after did or wishes did for that matter. Um, when you're in there, when you're in there in person, unless you're right in the middle of the hub where all the speakers are facing you, there are parts during that song where there's it's like straight up quiet during that show, and it's like kind of jarring. Um, it was not well put together. It is not worthy of a 50th anniversary celebration, and it is definitely not worthy of keeping around permanently. I used to go to Magic Kingdom to watch Happily Ever After regularly. Like, yes, and I had gone by myself on different occasions yeah. because I loved it. Part of the reason, you know, we when you and I were discussing about moving down here, literally one of the things that we talked about was like, hey, if you have a bad day, you can go watch Happily Ever After anytime you want. Now it's like if you had a good day and you want to ruin it, go watch Enchantment. <laughs> now it's just go watch Harmonious. Uh, yeah, Harmonious is, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But I, I do, <laughs> you guys get how we feel about it. It might be a hot take. And if y'all want to hear more about it, trust me, I got plenty more to say. But let's move on to our next topic. So with that said, speaking of Harmonious, our next topic is the Harmonious Barges. So when it comes to the Harmonious Barges, one of the things that had happened was when they first put them in, the Epcot purists were losing their minds. Were? (laughs) Are still losing their minds. (laughs) Now, I will say that Harmonious debuted on September 29th on my birthday because it was the last night of Happily Ever After. And I have a very distinct memory of being absolutely heartbrokenly devastated sitting in front of Space Mountain and us watching Harmonious and looking at each other and being like... This was the worst idea Disney's come up with in a long time. Well, we looked at each other and we were like... Is to debut this show on a live stream. What the heck was that? Because let's be honest, Disney's live stream team is not really great at what they do. Y'all are like... It's like the equivalent of showing somebody's like... Somebody in front of you and just pointing at their feet the whole time. That's what they're basically doing. It's like... You want to show us the projections, which is cool. You want to show us the water screens and everything that's going on. The new technology up close. Great. But there's nothing better than experience a fireworks show or a nighttime spectacular in one static shot because that's how you experience it in the parks. Yeah. We on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash a couple park hoppers, have what I think is the best video of Harmonious on YouTube agree. front and center perfect audio it is spectacular go watch it if you have not seen it already well first off when we finally saw harmonious in person it was the absolutely most incredible show that i have ever seen i was blown away blown away i i just i couldn't believe how good it was when the live stream had been so like after we watched the live stream you were like i don't even want to go see it i don't care I feel like it I was, was also, not good. I also feel like I know I, you're a PO'd about happily ever after. Very upset, but like you were disinterested in going. I was like, I really want to go see Harmonious. I want to go see what this is all about. And you were like, No, this this is gonna stink after watching that. Well, the way good that, night. <laughs> get, <laughs> get out. <laughs> no, but the the way that the live stream looked, it did not look good. No, it didn't. So the 
our our topic is though is the harmonious barges. Right. So with how good harmonious is, how do you feel about the barges? I don't care. You know, it's here's the thing. If you look at an aerial shot of the World Showcase Lagoon, the barges take up a very very small piece of the footprint in World Showcase Lagoon. It is yes, it is front and center when you walk in from Future World into World Showcase. Yes, the Stargate ring is right there waiting for you. And the four, you know, the the X um, half moon screens are, are right there waiting for you when you walk in. And yes, they are a bit of an eyesore. If you're an Epcot purist and you love looking across the water at the, the back of the stage of the America Pavilion, like who cares? If you walk 100 yards, 200 yards left or 100 yards, 200 yards right, and you look directly across the lagoon, it does not obstruct your view in any way, shape, or form. So, yes, when you walk in, you, do you see it? Yes. Do they? Did it turn into this beautiful fountain that they were going to supposedly have during the day? Absolutely not. It actually looks terrible during the day when the water is shooting off. It does not look good. It looks like I want to run through it like a, a sprinkler system <laughs> right. when I was a kid. Right. Right now, they actually have been putting the 50th anniversary logo, or if there's like an event going on, they put the logos of the event on those screens, and it looks much better than having them just off in the middle of the day. Um, but ultimately, the views for World Showcase, except for straight on from there, and except for straight on from Japan or Italy looking back at Spaceship Earth, it doesn't really obstruct your view. You're just getting pissy over you know absolutely nothing, really. So my opinion, the barges, they're fine. But it is absolutely worth the spectacular nighttime show that is harmonious having those barges out there. So I just want to add that, first off, if you're complaining about the barges, be quiet. <laughs> like, the thing is, that's the best show on Disney, Disney property By right far. now. By far. And the, that's important for us to have a nighttime show that we can enjoy. Because as you just heard... There isn't one at Magic Kingdom. Or Hollywood so, Studios. Yeah, we're at Hollywood Studios. Not yet. Not yet. Fantastic. Uh, come back, please. Uh, but I think that there are so many amazing uses. Like, I know that I've talked to you about how when I ran through Epcot for Run Disney, how they use those to, like kind of create the scene when you're running through Epcot. It was incredible. It really made me feel like really excited about what I was doing. And it just felt very epic when you added the music and like all the screens lit up that said run Disney. I actually have goosebumps talking about it right now. Um, and then I just think harmonious is so fantastic and nothing like we've ever seen before. And I just, I just think that it's worth it. And if you are really that upset about it, then go look at spaceship earth. It's pretty too. Going back to our last topic real quick, whoever, you know, composed enchantment, you know, we're not going to rip on you, but Disney, if you're looking for a new soundtrack or a new show after Enchantment has run its course, go see them harmonious people. And also call up the people who did Magic Happens. Yeah, that too. That too. Todrick Hall's phone is waiting to ring. Yeah, do that. <laughs> it, is, uh, it is a world of difference. It really is. The music in both of those shows. All right, so let's, uh, let's go on to our fourth hot button topic. And Danny, you want to get your announcer voice ready? Cutting lines to meet up with your party. All right. So I am not like super uh, leaning one way towards this, but I do feel kind of strongly about this. And this made the list because it comes up so often in, oh, on all social the time. media. All the time. 
Um, so I guess I'll, I'll go first here. Um, cutting lines to meet up with your party. Now, I understand there's extenuating circumstances. You know, you sometimes the lines get upwards of 60, 70, 90, 120 minutes at the parks. People have to go to the bathroom. People have to get out of line for various reasons. A child poops themselves or something. You got to go change. You got to go change your kid. I mean, it is what I it mean, is. I mean, if a kid poops themselves, you don't want to be standing next to Poopy McGee. Exactly. You know, there's extenuating circumstances. But I've been in line in long lines that I've waited a while in, where all of a sudden, like four or five people come up from behind us and saying, "Excuse me, excuse me, uh, my my people are up there. My people are all the way up there." And it's like, well, where were you? Yeah, when did you get here? Yeah, because you were never in front of us for the hour that I've been in line. And you never passed us. You never passed us going backwards. So where were you? Why do you get to jump the line? You should be in line waiting with all of us. So that is my biggest thing. I don't mind, you know, the the, the parents who got to get their kids out of line because they're crying and all that kind of stuff. The extenuating circumstances, they're fine. There's That is what it is. It's part of life. But when you start getting four, five, six, upwards of 10 people literally walking through the line, passing people who have been waiting for 30, 40, 50, 60 minutes already waiting to get on these rides. It definitely rubs me the wrong way. And so I feel very strongly that people like that should not be allowed to enter the queue and the cast members, as best as they can, should try to monitor stuff like that and make sure that they're not jumping the lines or if people report them to send them to the back of the line. So I'm not quite sure what the actual rule is if you're even supposed to be able to go back in line uh, because I think that you're not really supposed to. I think it's more of like supposed to be a courtesy, like you said, with extenuating circumstances. The problem with this is that people don't use it for extenuating circumstances. What they'll do is they'll have one person jump in line and then once the rest of their party gets off of a ride, they'll call them and be like, Oh, I'm over here. And you know, they'll all come to that spot in line. Now, in my humble opinion, I think that if you are, there should be some sort of like, if you're having an extenuating circumstance, you have to go to the bathroom. There should be some kind of a procedure. So like you check in with a cast member, you get like a ticket, a return ticket to that you give back to a cast member within the next, like, I don't know, 15 minutes, 15 minutes, even something just like they write your name down. Cause even like holding, I mean, I can't even imagine if you got kids and stuff trying to hold on to like a physical ticket on top of that. Yeah. But something that you're able to check in as you're leaving and then check back in when you come back, because the problem is that there's nobody in line and then they're just entering the line and lying that they, right. That they oh yeah yeah they're there. up there they're like around the corner my family's all the way up there I've also seen people like when they're like they'll be like on the phone and say like oh my family's up there and basically get to the front of the line and just walk on yeah right I mean or fake the phone call yeah first off that's ballsy where are you yeah oh I see you I see you oh there you are <laughs> as and I walk on they the... get up there and put the phone goes immediately in the pocket exactly <laughs> it's like come on come on now. Well, I just think that um, also if you need to get out of line, like with your whole family and like, let's just say you're in a really long line, either first off, do your best to go to the bathroom beforehand. I know kids sometimes don't know that until like maybe they're still or maybe they just realize what's going on, but just have everybody step out of line because the thing is, if you're going to have to walk past, I don't know, a couple hundred people, it's just, I don't know, it's just not not good or your family or whoever you're with 
should step aside and let the rest of the line move by until you are able to get back in and catch up with them. Right. There just has to be a better procedure for it because people are... Abusing it. Yeah. And so I just... I'm not about that. I I think that also it's your responsibility as a human visiting a theme park to know whether or not you need to go to the restroom before you enter a line. Right. And if you have others that are in your care that, you know, that needs to be taken care of before you go in each line. Correct. Because let's be real. We drink a lot of water in Florida. Even as adults, we have to make sure that we don't have to go before we get into a longer line. And But even then, we shouldn't have six-person pee parties that leave lines and then recut the line. <laughs> exactly. So the thing is, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, I understand. This happens. This happens. It can be prevented. Don't push it. Be better. Exactly. So let's move on to our next topic. And this is one that's very widely discussed in the online Disney community, and that is resellers in the parks. So here's one that is a very, very interesting topic because not until I feel like the more recent years has it become horrible. Yes. Now, I didn't realize what how bad it was until we moved here. And if you guys are going, well, what do you mean? What? Why didn't you not know how bad it was? Well, that was because we started coming to the parks excited about, you know, recording merch coming out or, you know, filming a video, doing a live somewhere. And what we would come across is, first off, the resellers would show up with wagons. Literal wagons, like radio flyers, red wagons. And they would be purchasing as much as they could carry on that merch drop that morning. So things that people are excited to buy, these resellers were literally buying out the store. And the problem was when this, or or when we got down here, there really was no rule against it per se. They, Disney had a 10 item limit for a very long time. Now, who the hell needs 10 things of the same thing? It's true. Who? You sound like an owl. Who, who? <laughs> but seriously though, who needs 10 figment popcorn nobody, buckets? Nobody uh, nobody does. Who I mean, needs 10 spirit jerseys? Literally I, no one. We know what your intent is. I mean, I feel like the most that I'll get is four. And that's because... But that's for you and your mom and your two sisters. Like, that's legit. Like, yeah. Legitimately, like, that is, like, there. I'll get four things. You know? And that sounds like a lot, but... That's we're all we all love the same thing. But we're talking about people you like you not the regular size Disney park shopping bags like those giant ones full of lounge flies mm-hmm. and full of uh, pillows. Uh, pillows and and mini crocs. ears and crocs and all kinds of stuff. Like you're buying 15 to of like all these little pieces of things that just dropped that morning and we know what your intent is. Like you're crazy. Well, I will say that one of the only rules was that you couldn't use your annual pass discount and then... But you could. You could? You could, but it was frowned upon. And they didn't do anything about it because when you buy things with your pass holder card, they don't scan anything. Right. So there's no way to track it. When you buy things as a cast member, they scan IDs. And that's a different story. But when you buy things as a pass holder, they literally just ask you to pull your pass holder card out and they're like, okay, here you go, discount. Right, but the other but it's it's expressly written in your pass holder agreement in the fine print 
that says you are not allowed to resell items that you bought at a discount with your pass holder discount or else you risk it being terminated. Right. Well, what I was going to say was just that it, it, it got so out of hand that Disney actually created a limit um, to item or two per person per item. And it was per skew. Now, the problem with this is people like me, if I'm by myself, which normally, you know, we get to go places together. If I need four things, I need a second person with me to help me buy them now. However, what the resellers do is they bring five of their closest friends. And if they're buying like spirit jerseys, they buy two extra smalls, two smalls, two mediums, two larges, two extra larges, two double XLs per person. So they went from 10 items per person to two per skew, which literally doesn't change anything. I mean, when it when he, we we're talking about clothing, it, right. I mean, when it comes to like because, gears and stuff, you sure, can't really get around that. Sure, but for the for the information for you guys that didn't know this, each size is a different skew because when it scans, it shows up as spirit jersey small, spirit jersey medium, right. spirit jersey large. So theoretically, because they put the language per skew on the signs. These same people can buy two smalls, two mediums, two larges, two extra larges, two two XLs, and you can still get ten of the damn spare jerseys. Well, the problem is now if you bring five people and each of you gets two of each size, you can actually get fifty spirit jerseys <laughs> right, now instead right. of ten that you oh, used to Oh, my two-year-old needs ten spirit jerseys. Little Timmy I'm, over I'm here sure, needs, I'm sure, yeah. needs ten spirit jerseys that he pays for with his hard-earned money at the baby factory. Yeah, so here. There's really no way to stop it per se, but there's definitely a way to limit it, and that's two per item per person. End of story. Not skew, not nothing, not nothing. Just two per item. No matter what size, two spare jerseys. Yeah, and resellers, we know that your little Timmy isn't working like Boss Baby is or anything, so we know that you're paying for it. We know that you're taking away all the merch, and the, the flip side to this problem is people who will pay for it. Right. Because the thing is... We have all had something that we pay more than it's worth for, me included, recently. Uh And the problem with that is if it's the only way that you can get it and it's something that you really want to own, um, we are creating this supply and demand. And so I am totally against resellers. I wish that they would be stricter on like their eBay stores and stuff like that on... Mercari and Poshmark, all of those things, mm-hmm. but I don't see uh, you know that happening. And I wish they were a little bit more restrictive when it comes to certain items or certain events. Case in point, when you did the Walt Disney World 5K in yes. January, the ESPN, uh, the world, the ESPN Wild World of Sports, they had a big store there full of run Disney merchandise. That store opened at, I believe it was 10 a.m. Right. That day. First day. We got to the expo at about 12 o'clock. Went in there and literally the entire place was cleaned out. So I wanted a spirit jersey for me because it was my first in-person 5K for Run Disney. And my mom loves all the Run Disney stuff. And so she wanted something. Yeah. And literally there was no spirit jerseys. None. And but the problem with that and what I want to finish my part, and I'll let you finish in a second. Sure. What I want to finish my part of the discussion is, is Disney, you need to do better. You need to crack down on this 
because there are lots of loyal people out there that want to buy your stuff and they're getting porked on the third party market. And what we saw and what other people saw at the Run Disney Expo was these resellers. And we know for a fact they're resellers because they were literally on the floor of this giant room, spreading out their entire purchase, taking photographs of it and posting it on eBay right then and there because we saw the posts up there. And then people were posting pictures for, of them posting pictures right, in the Facebook For groups. two to three times the cost that they paid five minutes ago. Yeah. That is sucky. Yeah. So Disney, you got to do better at trying to handle this. Yeah. So I just totally agree. I also think that for specific events that there should be a stricter, um, I don't know, even know how to say it. Like they need to keep stricter ways to be able to keep track of who's buying what. Right. So for instance, I purchased, you know, the 5k, I was going to run the 5k. And when I got to the, you know, the expo, there were no spirit jerseys. There also wasn't the 5k pin that looked like the metal Mm -hmm. that I wanted. I didn't think it was going to be gone, but it was gone. And so if, if I am going to, if I want to purchase that, I wish that they would make it so on the back of the bib, you know, you had to scan it so they know what you bought. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, something that's like attached to your bib. And then maybe at the end of the last race, the last couple hours of the expo that they're open is open to like other people. And I think that they should be able to let people in, but like you have to have a bib. And now I was allowed in to go with you right at the expo. I don't think I should have been allowed in there. But I think if you have a bib, you should be allowed in there and that's it. So I disagree to a point only because if I'm with you in there and I'm like, hey, what do you think of this? I would like to have like somebody there with me that I'm excited to show stuff to. Send me a picture. <laughs> it's okay. But that's not my point. My point is my issue comes from when I go, either it's not there, but why not when we're checking out, okay, this is my bib. It's connected to a system. Oh, you already bought two of those. You can't buy any more sure. with your yeah, bib. I see what you're saying. So as opposed to having to limit people's entrance, because also you you also don't want to, um, you also want to be inclusive. So like, let's just say there's somebody who might need additional help. Maybe they have anxiety going something. Yeah, and there's extenuating circumstances. If there's a minor, if there's a 17-year-old that's running, your mom can come in or yeah, something. Yeah, well, kids you know can I mean? run starting at age five. Right. So, which I didn't know. That's wild, wild. to me. Yeah. But um, I just think that we don't want to, like, we don't want to make it more difficult for those who are, like, putting themselves out there, like, people who need some extra assistance, people who maybe... Social situations make them nervous. We don't want to take that away from them, but we want to make it more difficult for resellers because they are, <laughs> they're making it so we can't have nice things. They're, so, al- they're always going to find ways around it. I mean, th- knowing some of these resellers and how much money they probably are making, some of them probably straight up bought entrances to the, to the 5k and had admission to the thing. You know what right. I mean? Well, but they didn't need it. They didn't even check it. Right. That's that was the saying. problem. But if like if they ever did shut it down to that point where like only runners could go to this thing, like they would probably just buy, you know, tickets to the 5K. Right. But then there's only so so many things. So I mean, are they going to pay 
five hundred dollars to be able to buy spirit jerseys. No, they're gonna yeah, move on. Make five hundred plus off the spirit jerseys, right? But they're most likely going to move on to other things if they're you're gonna have a limit per bib. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, your idea is definitely the best idea, but those people will always find a way around it. Well, they made it so easy with ripping off the. So the way that they did it was they had a ticket on the bib where you had to rip it off to get your shirt for whatever race you were running, and that was it. If you didn't have the ticket, no, too bad. Yeah. Um, and I think it needs to be that kind of a, oh, you don't have this? Too bad. We can't take your money. Sure. Like, this is not for you. Yeah, then. that's fair. And so, yes. Uh, but I think that run Disney idea needs to kind of, in some way, shape, or form, needs to be regulated is Absolutely. the whole thing. All right. So let's move on to our next topic. And this is a, a little bit of a hot button one for Danny. And um, let's uh, let's get that announcer voice going again and let's uh, let the people know what we're going to be discussing next. Pandora in Animal Kingdom. All right. I have some thoughts on this. Not super strong thoughts, but I do completely understand. And Joe Rody is like the legendary Imagineer, the guy who is literally the brains behind Animal Kingdom, is... Part of the reason why Pandora is there. And if that guy feels like it fits in Animal Kingdom, then yes, it is fine there. Where I do think Pandora would have fit better is over at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Because Hollywood Studios, much like Galaxy's Edge over there, you're literally walking into what's essentially a movie set or a land. Um, and if they had the space over there, which I'm not sure if they do. I, have, I haven't seen a, an, an overhead photograph of Hollywood Studios in a while. I'm not sure how much space they have working with there. But Pandora fits way better at Hollywood Studios because you're theme literally... Theme-wise. Theme-wise at Hollywood Studios because you're literally walking into a land from a movie. Um, I want to hear your thoughts because you have very strong thoughts about Pandora being at Animal Kingdom or even at Disney in general, and I definitely want to hear that from you. So the thing about... Pandora, in my opinion, is that I have never been less impressed with something walking into the land. Okay, so let's preface this real quick. Have you seen Avatar? No. Do you care to see Avatar? Maybe. Then I think that seeing Avatar might sway your decision, but keep going. So I think my personal opinion is that I should be able to walk into the land and like be like be impressed or think it's really like breathtaking or I it should make me want to see the movie. But it doesn't not. No, you don't. Uh, th you don't think that the landscape is impressive. I think the landscape of Avatar sometimes looks kind of tacky. Okay, and that's because of the glowing. I feel like it looks like somebody cracked glow sticks everywhere <laughs> i mean yeah the glow paint and, is kind of weird but it's way cooler at night but it's way cooler at but night. That's, and that's why it's there that's my argument it looks like i've cracked glow sticks before and it, spilled it everywhere that's what it looks like it looks weird during the day it also that rock thing does not look like it's floating don't kid me well let's be honest this is a a discussion much like the uh the stupid uh stand thing underneath the the, the new spaceship at epcot Obviously, the damn thing's not going to be floating like concept art. It's not going to be floating. You can't physically do that. So it's got to have something holding it up. Okay. Here, here's here's let's let's get down to actually like the the meat and potatoes of this. Okay. My issue is not that it the actual like look of it because is it pretty? Sure. It's gorgeous. It looks fine. Um, 
do I think it belongs in Animal Kingdom? Absolutely flipping not. Okay. I don't. Okay. And the reason for that is, one, I haven't seen the movie, but two, it feels so out of place to me. Every time I go, I'm like, I really like the uh, Flight of Passage. I feel like I'm flying through heaven. I love that everybody that who... I like enjoy going on things with who maybe not might not go on roller coasters will actually go on this. Sure, yeah. And I think it's the ride itself is stunning. However, if I could pluck that out and put that in Hollywood Studios, I would throw the rest away. So here here's the the thing because here's why it does belong in Animal Kingdom and this is part of why Joe Rody put it in there is because if you haven't seen the movie so you don't know this. Okay. But in the movie there's a lot of conservation efforts going yeah, on. Yeah, but guess how much conservation talk there is in that land? None. Zero. Squat. I mean, in the whole pre-show of Flight of Passage, there's, they're talking oh, about Oh, they're fly. <laughs> Ooh, fly. No, they're... Just make noises when you don't have anything to say. <laughs> no, but the thing is, like, there's no talk of conservation. If I would literally... I would agree with you if it was all about conservation, not just about it being pretty and broken glow sticky. And so I just think that there are so many like better uses in terms of what's important of us, you know, working on conservation and having animal experiences and showing people different animals that they normally can't see at a theme park. And that's their opportunity to. And it just feels like, a misuse of space and like I'll go in there when people want to go on the ride or when we want to <laughs> eat at Satuli canteen. canteen. Yeah. But I mean, I just, I don't need it and I, I don't want it. As and, an outsider who hasn't seen the movie, you must honestly think it's just a mythical land with blue people. Is that right? Yeah. And weird plants. Right. But they're on the, the planet of Pandora. You know what it reminds me of? The plants remind me of the ET ride. Sure. Yeah. And for me, for it's another planet. Yeah, but it's funny because, like, on the ET ride, it's kind of like silly, where I feel like Avatar is supposed to be taken a little bit more seriously, and I'm like, eh, okay, like, can we go somewhere else yeah. now? So in the in the movie, the humans are trying to inhabit app in inhabit Pandora and take over and like bulldoze the the plants and all kinds of stuff, and the the Navi and the a couple of the other humans like kind of join up together to stop that because they don't believe that it's the right thing to do. My argument is not that it's not a good movie. I haven't seen it yet. But it's that's, that it that's doesn't it belong sort of in Animal belongs. Kingdom. That's why it sort of belongs. But in the Animal message Kingdom. is not even remotely conveyed because this is news to me. And for how many times I've had to go to that area of Animal Kingdom, that should not be news to me. Okay. That's the, I mean, like, but seriously, if you're going to put it in Animal Kingdom, give me a reason. Not, oh, look, pretty flying rock. Okay. <laughs> That's all I have to say. I don't think it belongs in Animal Kingdom, period. Exclamation point. All right. So let's, uh, let's move on to our next hot button topic there. And uh, we have a very, uh, very controversial topic amongst the Disney Universe. The last two that we're going to talk about here are probably the... Uh, two most controversial topics. And the first one is the Park Pass Reservation System. So one of the things that I read earlier today was that somebody said that the Park Pass Reservation System was here to stay so that Disney doesn't get overrun by people. And the thing is, 
I just don't think that this park reservation system is making much of a difference. Um, other than being a hindrance to those trying of us, to get there. Yeah. Then trying to get there. Like I, <laughs> I mean, I know this is very much like a privileged first world problem, but the fact that I have to plan ahead to go to Disney world and can't go at the drop of a hat, it, it's, it kind of stinks. I totally understood it when COVID started and you're trying to hold the capacity to 15%, 20%, 30%, 50%, whatever they're at now, probably 100%. Um, and I totally understand the analytical reasons behind having the reservation system there. You can you can literally judge how many staff members need to be on on a certain day by how many reservations there are. Granted, you can't do that stuff last second, but you can still get a forecast of how many people are planning to come to Magic Kingdom on a week from now or two weeks from now, people who have reservations, if it's going to be really busy, they're going to know that. Um, I totally understand from that side of it, why the reservation system is still a thing. But the fact that we're basically open now, I'm not going to say COVID is over because it's not over, but it is very much back to normal more so than we were very recently. And it is jamming at the parks right now. Yeah. People are traveling again. People are filling the resorts. People are coming to the parks. The, the lines are very long. Genie Plus is selling like wildfire. Um, there's no real reason besides Disney using it in on the back end to have this reservation s- system still here. And I don't know why it still is. So I think it's it, it still is because of exactly what you said, control, being able to control what's going on in the parks. Yep. However, in case anybody from Dis- Disney is listening... We all hate it. We don't like it. Yeah. Uh, if we bought annual passes under the pretense that we could go whenever we wanted and you're making us make reservations and sometimes we cannot, like to the point where last year I couldn't find a pass to Animal Kingdom and I missed a day with my family. Here's the thing. So I think that you, that causes an issue with what was promised when we purchased our annual passes sure and for a while yes that was absolutely the case but here's the problem now where they can say well we got you now is all of the old platinum pass silver pass gold pass whatever are basically gone they're done they've all been renewed to these new annual passes right where there is writing in there saying pending reservations yada 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 for a while, Danny and I had the Platinum Passes, where when we signed up, there was literally no blockout date, so you could go anytime you want, whenever you want, it is what it is. When the parks reopened with COVID, yes, we completely understood that they're trying to keep capacity down, social distancing, yada, yada, yada. But when the parks started getting busier, we were still unable to go to the parks with our pass that we purchased under the pretense of having no blockout dates, and that was really kind of sucky. Um, like she said, she missed a day with her family in Animal Kingdom because she literally could not find a park pass reservation. And just so you guys know, it wasn't because I didn't look. It was because we were only allotted three at the time. And so I had to wait until one of them had opened up. Right. So, um, yeah, I I mean, it just, it causes issues with those of us who do try to plan ahead. And, you know, we live here and we we want a vacation with our families. Um, I... My biggest thing is I wish that they would give us a couple extra days. Five is better than three was, obviously. Yeah. But we don't we don't like the reservation system, and I don't think it's helping capacity very much. No, it's not. When it's not. I checked today, and it's a Monday, and some of the rides were over a hundred minutes. Yeah. I mean, Danny and I went to uh, went to lunch over at Wilderness Lodge the other day for my birthday. It was a great lunch. Awesome barbecue if you ever get a chance to go up there. 
Um, but we, part of the reason why I wanted to go to Wilderness Lodge is because I wanted to go to Magic Kingdom afterwards. I wanted to take the boat over because I had never done that before. And we literally sat for hours refreshing and we could not find a Magic Kingdom reservation at all. For that day. For that day. And we know they're not at 100% in Magic Kingdom that day. You only Disney only ever hit 100% on certain days. It was Christmas Day, 4th of July, um, New Year's Day, that kind of thing. Huge holidays. And there's with how many people are here right now, it really does truly feel like they're not limiting capacity. And the fact that we couldn't find a Magic Kingdom reservation was BS. Yeah. And one other thing that I just kind of want to add on the flip side, because it's it this show, we're both on it, but it's not always just about us. Right. And one thing that I've seen people do is be shocked that they have to make reservations Thank on you. top of buying their tickets. Mm-hmm. And in my humble opinion, if you have not realized that, how did you spend all this money and not at least research your vacation a smidge? Because it says it on the website when you buy sure. it. I will I will say that. Disney's like, hey, 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 make reservations. Hey, hey, make reservations. If you ignore it, come on, come on, let's not. But... I will say that it does make it confusing for people. It absolutely does. People don't understand the process. People who aren't in the know like we are. And also, I will say that sometimes if one person buys it, it's not the entire party. You know, if that one person is doing a bunch of things, they may not realize they had to make it at that moment. Right. Um, So there's just a lot of things that I think come with the reservation system that make it more complicated. I think dropping that would help a lot uh, because let's be real, that's the only theme park that has a reservation system now. Right, right. SeaWorld got rid of theirs. Universal never had one is what it is. Um, One more thing I wanted to touch on on this kind of piggybacking off your topic here where you said that, hey, you know, it flashes on the website. You make a reservation. They tell you like a How do you not know? Well, here's the thing. When you buy regular Disney tickets, not annual passes, not none of that, when you're booking a vacation and you're literally buying Disney tickets, you don't get tickets that are good for any day anymore. You literally have to select a time frame for when you're going to be using those tickets. And the fact that they'll literally take your money for those tickets and not automatically put a reservation in there or have one available for one for somebody who bought tickets for those days is ludicrous. I just think it's it's got to be more complicated than that. Like if you're buying it for these amount of days, there's so many people who are like, it's, it's fitting all over the calendar. So you need to make your reservation. And like, I understand what you're saying, but if they are giving people the flexibility to take that ticket and to book it within like two weeks and everybody in that two week period, let's just say a bunch of people in that two week period want to book on a specific day of course it's going to run out. Of course it's going to run out. But if but when they sell that many tickets, they're not anticipating everybody wanting to go on that specific day. Sure. You know what I mean? Like sure. I think it's just a much more complicated system than what we're saying. But the problem is you're you're taking some of the the fun out of planning it because when you when you come up with these plans, you've seen some grandiose plans on like Excel where it's like we're going to go here on this day and then we're going to go to the dining reservation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People plan these darn things out to, like like down to the T. Right. And <clears throat> if you go on and you're you've bought your your park tickets and you already have your itinerary, you want to go to Animal Kingdom this day, you want to go to Magic Kingdom this day, but you don't buy park hoppers, you want to stick to your itinerary. 
if you can't get reservations for those parks, you're going to screw up your entire planning process. And that's not good customer service. I mean, I here's the thing. Disney wants you to plan, 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 plan. But when it comes to the reservation system, they don't fully give you that ability. Okay, here's where I completely disagree with okay. you. Love it. Because when they they literally cashed in on people getting off on wanting to plan. Plan your fast passes, plan your dining reservations, sure. plan this, and then plan that. Changed. And they want you to plan now. Like nothing's changed. You're just planning it a different way. Here's my solution to that. You if, don't even have to plan fast passes anymore. <laughs> Here's my solution to that. They need to retool their website to help the people, not like us, because we know what we're doing. They need to retool their website to people who are booking vacations and have these itineraries planned and what days they want to do certain things. Because not everything is planned six months out. Some people plan Disney vacations a week or two weeks out. I've done it before. It is what it is. When you buy park tickets online, if they're going to freely accept your money, what they need to do is to have each person or, or whoever's buying the tickets select if they're going to be part like one park tickets select parks when you're going in there yes you can change them if you want to but you can't park hop because you're not buying park hopper tickets so if say you're buying tickets for march 8th through march 12th or 11th so that's four days say when you when you buy the tickets it'll say march 8th through march 11th that's when you can use your tickets you should be able to before you check out select animal kingdom select magic kingdom select magic kingdom select uh, Epcot, if you want to go to a park twice, whatever. When you hit checkout, you should already have those reservations in hand. It should not be an entirely separate thing that you have to do after checkout. You should be able to do that during that process. That way, you don't run into these issues of people buying tickets, getting down here, and then not having reservations to go to the parks that they want to. I just... <sighs> I think I understand where you're going with this, but again, I completely disagree. You buy the tickets, you make the reservations. Don't like just do the thing. Like plan your shit. Like that's all. Like I don't understand how it's that difficult. It's it's not difficult for you because we're very well versed in this thing. But for somebody who literally doesn't know how to do it, if you're spending very thousands of dollars but, on a vacation, you're telling me that you're gonna throw five thousand dollars and you're not even gonna research it enough. Then you deserve to not have a reservation and get in the park. Go to Legoland then if you don't want to plan anything. Perfect example. You and I were at Epcot the other day, and we were in line to get into the smokehouse in America. Okay. There was a woman behind us who literally didn't have the app, and she was there at Disney World. That's probably because there's somebody way, else was planning for honey, her. There's way more people like her than you think out there, and there's way less people like us because family, friends, trusted people, people who listen to our show, they're always asking us for advice. I know, but life in general requires planning. Sure, sure. But Disney has made it the, the planning process very complicated. I mean, also, what if somebody shows up and is like, do you have a hotel for me? No, because you had to plan it. These things take planning. Yeah, but hotel booking is a very different thing. Because, people have booked hotels before. Because people have researched it and stuff. I just, th I honestly think that although I agree with you, Disney has always been a planning thing. People literally but had... But it's never been easy. People literally had notebooks put out. Totally. Like full notebooks. Like people used... I have a friend who used to laminate her plans and show <laughs> them to me because she loved doing it so much. Sure, yeah. And because the reservation system is less fun, 
Like I get it. It's not as much fun, but it I just, stinks. I just think that I, like, I agree with, I agree with you that it needs to go. But I also think that if you did not plan ahead, like let's just, you spent that much money and you just showed up and you did zero research. That's on you. It is partially on them for it, sure. Okay. But it's definitely not well explained by Disney. You'd have to follow us and Disney Food Blog and all those other people to get that information in an easy way to consume. It just feels like if you are not getting that message across, you are literally like not getting the push notifications. You're not checking your emails. You're not like you're not doing any part of the planning process, especially if while you're buying tickets, it's saying book your reservations, book your reservations when you get online. Like it literally what you need to know like it, it's just yeah if you just have to be completely oblivious to reading things and just in your own world to miss out on reservations yeah. and again this is not like popping down to like your local zoo or something where it costs you like 13 dollars to get in people are spending money and sure. if you're spending money you should be putting a little bit of time on planning but if you're spending money they should be a little bit more helpful with the process the thing is i think disney is being it's, helpful. it's more complicated now than it's ever been so yes so i think disney is has the probably has the right amount of hey do this but i just think that people don't do it they just ignore it but i also don't like the reservation system and i think it needs to go so i definitely mm. am on the fence about it yeah i think it needs to go and go tomorrow okay I'm take it out back like old yeller let's <laughs> hey no i don't like that at all bang no <laughs> i don't know i don't like that at all, all. right so let's move on to our final topic and this is probably going to be if it gets any more controversial than the last one this will probably be the most controversial one of the episode, and that is... The 50th Anniversary Celebration. Or the not-so-celebration. Go ahead. This 50th Anniversary, quote-unquote, celebration, you know, all the marketing materials that you keep seeing, the most magical celebration on Earth, it has been a Kenny Rogers-level flop. It is not good. What they've done for the 50th Anniversary has been so, I guess, for lack of a better word, half-assed. I just, I can't believe that the 50th anniversary of your biggest property in the entire world has literally gotten a paint job on a castle, beautiful LED lights on Spaceship Earth. That's the best thing they've done so far. Basically nothing except for a very like cheap-looking kite show at Animal Kingdom. <gasps> yes, I went there. A cheap-looking kite show at Animal Kingdom. Um and a, a really, really good new nighttime show at Epcot. Other than that, has not been anything special. I can't believe Enchantment. We're going to go back to that. Mm. I can't believe Enchantment was the show that they made for the 50th anniversary when literally the best fireworks show that Disney's ever created, Disneyland Forever, is what they got for Disneyland's 60th anniversary. That felt like an anniversary for a theme park. Enchantment doesn't feel like that at all. This has been a failure so far, in my opinion. I don't think that they have knocked it out of the park by any means. Granted, yes, there are still about 12 months left in the celebration. It, went, it goes from October 1st through April of 2023. So we've got a little more than a year. Yes, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind is opening very soon. Tron... Might be open before we're dead. I don't know. Um, 
and that's all we've got coming right now. There hasn't been any other announcements. Disneyland's getting all their nighttime spectaculars back. They've got date for Fantasmic, all kinds of stuff. But the 50th anniversary down here in Florida has felt almost like the redheaded stepchild to me. So I agree with you to a point. Okay. Um, I don't think it's, I wouldn't, I just, I feel like that the world got Delta a crap hand. Sure. But Disney got the <laughs> the pleasure of having to do their 50th anniversary right after a global pandemic that's never been experienced before. Sure, but it also wasn't uh, uh, in early uh, 2020. Uh, 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 Go ahead. That was when they were planning it. I'm saying that was when the planning was going it's been on. Planning longer that, than that. Okay, that's was when the preparation was going on. Longer than that. Okay. Okay. So here's the thing. Do I think? that a couple of the things that they did um, match the what we want from a 50th anniversary. I, I love the gold statues. I think they're a great touch. Yeah, it's a great touch. Do I think that the addition of the, the new cavalcades are great? Yes. Do I think the castle looks wonderful? Yes. However, as you said, how dare you with enchantment? <laughs> that, is an, that is an epic fail. That is enough to call this 50th anniversary of fail. I will say that that should be your epic cherry on top of the dessert. That is the 50th anniversary. That should be what people come to see. How is, how is enchantment not the best of magic kingdom with all like the attractions, music and all that kind of stuff. Walt Disney, Mickey mouse, everything. How is that not something that people are making vacations to come see? Yes. How, how is there not a rush to open new rides. How is there not a brand new parade? Am I excited that Festival of Fantasy is coming back in a couple days? Absolutely, because I miss parades. That's been my biggest issue so far. All these things that are coming soon are all returning things. They're not new. But do you, I will say with... The trams are coming <laughs> back! Yay! But I will say with complete confidence that if you had told me that Festival of Fantasy was not coming back... I would not have batted an eye. Right. If you had told it's me... It's a great parade. It's a great parade. But come on, the 50th anniversary, you should have had, you know, freaking sparkles coming out of everybody's eyes from watching you, it. You like, should have things like a Haunted Mansion flow with Madame Leota at the front and, and grave diggers and stuff in the back. Like, come Re on now. Regardless, it should have been new and spectacular, whatever was in it. And yeah, I agree. But it should be have commemorated 50 years. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other thing is, I just, I can't believe that the things that they put their time and effort into was things like the Galactic Star Cruiser. Um, <sighs> I, I can't believe that like <laughs> bringing forth a new magic band that interacts with the park around you is part of the effort. It just feels like they're putting effort into things that, that cost money. Well, that just don't add to the 50th anniversary it does not feel like the most magical celebration on earth it, it really doesn't it re yeah it really doesn't the other thing i will say though just to be devil's advocate is going through two holiday seasons on top of the 50th anniversary kinds of gives it kind of gives like a mixed message it's kind of like having i don't know peanut butter and spaghetti where you <laughs> like both of them but you don't want them together okay and i just I don't think it's as an as much of an epic fail as much as it is 
very lackluster because yes. there's little pieces that are really great. A lot of it's fallen flat. A, I, I think that there are pieces of it that are great. I love the castle. I, I love think Spaceship Earth. I think it's Harmonious beautiful. is amazing. Spaceship Earth is amazing. I think that, uh, you know, didn't we get a new ride recently? Am I imagining that? No. Ratatouille? Ratatouille open. I mean, but that's a carbon copy. It's, a, it's another ride that took four years to open. That's a carbon copy of one in France. Do I love that they kept the cavalcade so you can see more characters? Absolutely. Um, do I mean, there's little bits and pieces. Do I love the Fab 50? Absolutely. But it does not feel like a 50th anniversary it, celebration. To me, it just doesn't feel like the creativity was there. This new this stage show that just that just came back or just debuted, I guess, is called the Magical Friendship Fair. Mm-hmm. The one that closed before COVID started was the Royal Friendship Fair. Literally, basically all they did was change the music a little bit and change the outfits. It's not creative. It was not an entirely new show. I just feel like the frustrating thing is just that like, you know, being here and just having such high expectations for it and then just kind of being let down. But I also feel like, honestly, a big part of that is like things like Enchantment, like y'all dropped the ball on that one. And I know that, you know, we've harped on that a lot, but let's be real. When you think of Disney, you think of the castle. And if you have been to Disney World, you think of a castle show and the castle fireworks. And That's for, supposed to be the premier nighttime spectacular. Yes. And it's not. It's arguably pro- the worst one. It will be the third if not lower, I will demote it even further just for fun once Phantasmic comes around. And I mean, you would just think that there would be so many things at at every turn that you were like, this is definitely a celebration. Uh, and it's just kind of a bummer to not to actually go to the parks and forget that it's the 50th. Yeah. So that's that is how. Honestly, we feel about it, and like you still have time to pick it up and yeah, make things more still exciting. Still got over a year. Still got over a year. You marketed it as an eighteen-month event, and we're on month five. So, and as things continue to return back to normal, character meet and greets, Fantasmic is coming back. I think there's still time to like oomph it up, give it more, give it more pizzazz and more pomp and circumstance. Knock this damn thing out of the park for the last year. Yes. So. Uh, we that I think you guys have a good idea of how we feel about that. Yeah. So but, yeah, those were the hot button topics that we decided decided to discuss tonight. Um, if you agree with us or if you disagree with us, either way, let us know on all of our social media pages. Shoot us a message, leave us a comment on the the post posts. I guess um, we want to hear from you. We want to see if you agree. We want to see if you disagree. Danny and I agreed on a lot of things and we disagreed on a lot of things. I think that makes for great fun and great discussion. As long as we don't get nasty, don't get nasty to each other out there. There's no reason for that in the Disney community. Let's all be friends. How about that? We've all got hot hot button topics we want to discuss, but we don't have to get nasty. Yes. And also, if you guys enjoyed us kind of <laughs> being a little bit more feisty, honest about everything, I would say feisty. <laughs> If you guys enjoyed it, let us know. Um, you know, we do try to, you know, keep it positive because there is so much negativity mm-hmm. in general in the world. And we want to. But there's be, always room for constructive criticism. Well, but we also want to be a good spot of, yeah. of joy and happiness and, we're not, and magic. We're never going to be the everything sucks people. We're never going to be that. <laughs> but today 
We were the constructive criticism people. <laughs> Some things kind of suck, <laughs> but not everything sucks. But guys, um, we are going to wrap up this episode. Just a reminder, make sure you're following us on all forms of social media. If you haven't yet, if you're listening to this podcast, as soon as you're done, go give us a review. Give us five stars. It goes a long way. Make sure you're subscribed. Um, Also, make sure you're following us on all forms of social media. Um, We are going to be trying to catch weather permitting um, Festival of Fantasy when it comes back on Wednesday. And so we may do a live. We're not really sure. It really depends on you know what the weather hands us Mm -hmm. but as long as we're able to catch that we will be having a video come up so make sure you keep up with that when you like and subscribe to our youtube page that goes a long way as well and on top of that we are going to have so many things that we are we've been working on behind the scenes we've both been working very hard and so we are just so excited to be bringing those things to you but we can't wait to hear what you guys thought of this episode and the little bit of spice that we brought to it Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and all other podcast platforms. Be sure to follow at Park Hopper Show on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and now join our ever-growing following on TikTok. Head over to YouTube.com slash a couple of park hoppers and subscribe to our channel for theme park videos and more. For one-stop access to all of our created content and to visit our merchandise store, visit a couple of parkhoppers.com. And until next time, we'll we'll see see you around around the the parks. parks.